Sport Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. This is Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and today we have a special first-time guest, Matt Morrow, who is founder of Charlotte Football Insiders and a partner in the Queen City Senior Bowl. Welcome to the podcast. Wanted to get you on here a long time, so I am so stoked for this. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Herb. Uh, you know, I'm excited to talk a little bit of high school football. We got a, a lot of great things going on right now. Yeah, and I would imagine, you know, because everything has been turned upside down by the pandemic, it's impacted every walk of American life. And, you know, when you look at something as much a part of the fabric of Americana as high school football. You know, it's really been one of those crazy years where the season got started five months late. Uh, the playoffs isn't exactly what we're accustomed to in North Carolina, but it looks like the road to any kind of championship in the 4A ranks is still going through Mecklenburg County. Yeah, absolutely, man. We, we have some incredible teams here. Um, in the playoffs, especially we start looking at, you know, 4AA and 4A brackets. Uh, we saw a, a tighten of a game, you know, recently with um, Huff defeating Vance 29-22. Probably the two best teams in the state um, right now by most people's uh, estimation. So, you know, if that game's any indicator of what we got coming in the playoffs, I'm uh, really excited to uh, get things going. Yeah, and there's, uh, I guess, selfishly, you know, there's that hope that maybe they'll get together at some point and decide things one more time and see if there'll be a different outcome. <laughs> but when you look at uh, the, the playoff field, you know, and we have our own rankings uh, at the post of, uh, of high school football teams, specifically in Mecklenburg County, the Magnificent Seven. All seven of those teams are in the playoffs. So it, it, it says something that's like, okay, well, yeah, we're, we're not too far off. Now, you can always argue with one through seven, but they're all in there. And our number one team is Myers Park. Uh, have you had a chance to look at them? And question two is, what do you think of the job that the Mustangs have done considering all that they've lost? They lost their coach. They lost a bunch of of uh, Division One caliber players to to early admission to college and all the other things that are going on with COVID. Well, yes, I have seen Myers Park. I saw them a couple weeks ago against Hickory Ridge in a really good football game uh, that, of course, Myers Park was able to pull out uh, late and win that game. I believe it was uh, fourteen to seven was the final score on that one. Um, you know, it's really been a good job done by. Um, their interim head coach, Mark Harmon, and his staff. Um, you know, losing Drake May and all the talent um, to early graduation, you know, was a big blow. And then, of course, losing, you know, Scott Chadwick to becoming the um, director of recruiting at Maryland, um, you know, was another big blow. And a lot of people kind of, you know, looked at him and was like, well, you know, maybe they'll be a little bit down, you know, with all those changes happening so close to the season. And, um, you know, maybe they'll bounce back in the fall. 
Uh, but I give credit, you know, to them because they've changed the way that, you know, they kind of do things over there. Um, when you think about them, you know, last year, of course, they were an offensive-driven team. Uh, of course, with Drake May and, you know, his fleet of receivers, they put up a whole bunch of points, a lot of passing yards, um, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, but, you know, they lost at Richmond County, you know, in kind of a shootout game. Um, what Coach Harmon and that group has done is they've turned that team around. They're a defensive-led um, team right now, and they've won a lot of close games uh, behind the strength of that defense, and namely that uh, defensive line. Um, they those guys control the line of scrimmage, um, you know, and they make it tough, you know, for offenses to get started. Um, and then offensively, uh, they've they've had some help. Um, Lucas Linoff has come in uh, from California, along with uh, receiver uh, Kamarion Man Man Thornton is his nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, One of the better they, nicknames on that team, along with Pot Roast. Yes, yes, Pot Rose Tinsley on that defensive line. He's a big part of uh, that defensive success. Um, But, you know, they found the formula. You know, strong defense, and they make enough plays on offense. And then, of course, Jacob Newman uh, running the football out of the backfield has been huge for them, you know, being able to control the clock, control talent possession, and, um, you know, win football games in that manner. So that kind of uh, football really – you know, does well in the playoffs traditionally, and I'm excited to see, you know, how far they're going to go. Now, in your opinion, I guess, you know, there's three, four teams that could win the 4AA championship or at least win the West region. I guess Myers Park, you got Huff, you got Vance. You know, that's a lot of talent in one county for for playoffs. Uh, What is it that you know, which of those three teams, and you can throw in another one if there's one lurking out there, that okay. that is that makes them primed to win it all? Well, out of that group, I mean, you have to start with the defending champions. Even though they lost last week against Huff, one of the things that I've, you know, tried to, to mention to people and remind them of is last year they lost to Huff in their last regular season game. And I think that's spurring them on to win the state title. Um, this season, same circumstance. They were undefeated. They lose last week in a, in a tough game. Um, now we'll see, you know, if that spurns them, you know, toward, you know, a repeat. And um, they've got the talent to do it. Um, and the, the one thing I love about them is their, their steady leadership. You know, head coach Glenwood Furby um, has come in, you know, from Virginia last year. Um you know, they had to adjust, but he was patient. He kind of let things, you know, work themselves out, and he stepped in when he needed to and make some adjustments. And, um, you know, I'm, I know right now that that group over there is, you know, making the adjustments they need to from last weekend, preparing to make another, you know, run in the playoffs. And keep in mind, they also lost to Mallet Creek last season, and they did major yeah. damage once the playoffs rolled around. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so you would think that Vance is the team to beat still? If I had to choose one right now, I would. I would choose them. Um, and, and Huff was very impressive last week. Um, but when you start looking at that game, uh, they had, you know, Vance did a lot of things um, that they typically don't do. There was a lot of penalties. They had 17 penalties on offense. 
They had bad snaps in the uh, special teams game that led to points. Um, now, Huff is a very good team. But if I have to choose a favorite, I'm going to lean toward Vance because of championship experience. I think at the end of the day, you have those seniors, and they have a ton of seniors advanced. I believe they have almost 30 or over 30 seniors. We have that much championship experience coming back. Um, that, that has to be your prohibitive favorite, you know, starting out on things. Yeah. And another story that maybe hasn't gotten as much shine, and, you know, we, we can talk all day about how little shine high school football gets in Mecklenburg County versus more rural or exurb areas of the state is Olympic. And I think, you know, like these guys have almost come from nowhere. <laughs> it's like these dudes are good. Now, Olympic, well, I, yeah, yeah. I think what, what happened was people kind of forgot about them. You know, last year, uh, new head coach Brandon Thompson came in. Uh, they had a good season. They went eight and four. Uh, they lost in the first round of playoffs, you know, to Huff. And then people were kind of like, well, you know, how how real are they? Can they come back and can they, you know, validate what they did last year? Or was it just a flash in the pan? Because, you know, throughout previous history, we've seen Olympic, you know, kind of have these, you know, one-off, two-off seasons. And then they kind of go back to being, you know, average overall. Um, well, I think they validated it this year. Uh, I'm very impressed with what those guys are doing. Um, they have some really good uh, talent. Senior uh, quarterback in Sean Bowles, senior running back in uh, Cameron Smith, um, you know, helped kind of lead the charge on that side of the football. And then defensively, um, they got a guy at the linebacker spot in Kujo Paya, who um, was one of the Queen City Senior Bowl selections, and defensive end Kai Russell was another one. Um you know, they those guys, you know, really play good, solid, fundamental football on uh, both sides of the ball. And um, they've got an interesting first-round matchup. You know, they've got to go all the way up to Panther Creek in the uh, Raleigh-Durham area. But, you know, I, I like their chances. Yeah, and that's one of those, you know, one of the trade-offs that we have to have this year with the playoffs that, you know, you have to go basically – in the Wake County for a football game, <laughs> whereas in regular years you're going to be closer to Charlotte for uh, for the duration. But you know that's kind of like the way it works out. Uh, yeah. Tell me about a team that for years and years and years was the standard in Mecklenburg County uh, and has kind of fallen off the map a little bit. And Butler, and these guys are six and one. They lost one game, and it was to another team that's ranked in the Magnificent Seven. And they're quiet in terms of generating that buzz as well. Well, I'll, I'll say this, Herb. You know, falling off the map for Butler is pretty good for most teams. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, they they've been steadily winning. Um, eight and nine games a season and um, you know head coach Brian Hales has been there a long time um, and this year you know they they have gotten better as the season's gone along uh, you mentioned that one loss to Myers Park um, you know we saw them in the first game of the season against Rocky River and man they look really really strong um, I, I think what happened in that game was you know sometimes you, you get off to a really good start and then you know, your, your schedule is not as strong as you would like it to be sometimes as a coach, and they got tested. 
And, you know, sometimes in a loss, I think you learn things. And I think they learned a lot of things about themselves, and that, that loss has kind of propelled them to a place now to where they are really looking dynamic. Um, you know, they got Paris Metzger at the quarterback spot. He's a senior, second year in the system. Davion Nelson is just a uh, bowling ball of a running back. Um, you know, we did a Queen City Senior Bowl show the other day, and, um, you know, the analysts were calling him Earl Campbell. <laughs> they saw him on film. Yeah, he has the thighs um, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is uh, a load, man. Um, they got a veteran offensive line. Uh, they got some guys that can make some plays on the outside in the passing game, and then defensively is where they're really impressive. Uh, Bryce Dixon at the D-tackle spot just committed to Georgia. Um, he's a big-time player, um, and that kind of, he kind of leads that that um, charge on the defensive side of football. Uh, but they've got you know several other talented guys among that um, back seven um, that can do some things. Cornerback Garen McDougal and uh, Donovan Woods are very very talented. Uh, linebacker uh, AJ Starks is kind of a um, linebacker slash strong safety player. Uh, was all conference last year. Um, so they've got some pieces that, you know, um, have been in the system. They've been around. Uh, they got good experience. And, um, you know, they're, they're going into small for a bracket, which probably surprised some people. Um, but we had a lot of, you know, higher populated teams make the playoffs. And when they did the split, that pushed them down into the four a bracket. And a lot of people are giving them, you know, the, the shot as the favorite down there. But they go on the road this week. Um, to take on Glenn out of Winston-Salem, who has you know talented kids of their own. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they match up in that one. And, uh, you know, I, I like their chances in that 4A bracket. Now, when you look at the football landscape, and I've had this conversation with folks over the last few years, it's obvious that the best football among high schools in North Carolina, it's in Mecklenburg County. What in your estimation, is the reason for that. Because there used to be a time when, you know, Richmond County was top dog or maybe some of the Wake County schools when it came to 4A ranks. But now it looks like year in, year out, you're going to find a Mecklenburg County team playing for a 4A championship or the 4AA championship. What is behind all that? Well, I think it's a couple things. Number one is just sheer numbers. I mean, when you got more people, uh, you just have a better chance of having, you know, more overall talent. Um, you know, the Charlotte metro area is probably the most populous in the state. Close to, you know, I think the next close would be, of course, Raleigh-Durham area. Um, but the second part of that is, is great coaching. I mean, we had um, David Cutcliffe on our show um, for Charlotte Football Insiders. And one of the things he remarked about the Charlotte Metro area was the um, the great coaching that goes on down here. He, you know, he watches a lot of film, obviously, for recruiting purposes. And, you know, one of the things he said was he was just so impressed with, you know, the way these kids are taught in this area. You know, and, and that's why Charlotte has become such a big recruiting hotbed is because, you know, the, the amount of quality coaching, the numbers and then just the, the explosion of high school football in this area. Uh, one of the things that, that we talked about a couple years ago when doing a podcast similar to this was, you know, before the Carolina Panthers came, football wasn't the sport. You know, it was basketball. And, you know, that seemed to just be the, the, the main dominant sport when it came to high schools and, 
you know, especially in the Charlotte area, I think that has definitely changed now. While high school basketball is still, you know, important and it's still, you know, prevalent here with town and kids and everything, I think football has, you know, kind of superseded that as the number one sport uh, for a lot of our athletes here. And, you know, the emphasis on it, uh, all the seven-on-seven stuff that goes on now in the offseason, it's truly become a year-round sport. And I think this area um, overall in the state is more dedicated than some of the other areas to that. Raleigh, you look at them, they dominate in the club sports, um, soccer and uh, baseball and, you know, those kind of sports. They do really well in those. I mean, it's just, you know, a different dynamic in that area. Um, but overall, you know, I think all those factors, you know, have led to the dominance of Charlotte football. And you mentioned the rural areas in there. We've seen those areas kind of decline. Um, I was in a conversation with someone else, and they were talking about Anson County. You remember they were a big power, too. And um, if you've been to Waysboro lately, there are just no jobs. And they've gone all the way down, you know, to, to a 2A population where they were they used to be in a 4A you know, back in the in the 90s and everything. And, you know, some of the same stuff has happened in the Richmond. And, you know, I, I love them. And I hope they, you know, stay on top. But, you know, just the sheer numbers, man, it's, it's you know, getting harder to compete for some of those rural areas with compared to Charlotte. And even if you come in a little bit closer, if you talk about Concord and Kannapolis, I mean, they used to oh, be, yeah. that was, you know, that was the rivalry. And those were teams that would show up inevitably in championship conversations. Don't hear too much about them anymore. Yeah, absolutely. We had um, Concord um, Spiders head coach um, Marty Paxson on the show a couple months ago. And one of the things he said about that school in particular was there's nowhere for growth to enter in their zone. He said they're all, you know, kind of older homes and, you know, there's, you know, just nowhere for new people to move in. So that has really, you know, kind of hurt, you know, their talent pool. Because once again, it just comes back to, you know, what kind of pool can you pull from, you know, to get athletes and, you know, players into your program. So you're exactly right. Yeah. Now, uh, let's shift gears a little bit and okay. talk about talk about you and your football journey. Now, you know, for folks who are listening to the sound of your voice for the first time, you're a former coach. So you've, yes, got, you've got skin in the game career-wise. So kind of give us the backstory in terms of how you go from being a coach at places like Harding and the former Waddell High School to opening up your own shop that focuses specifically on high school football in this market. Well, you know, a lot of people don't really ask me that question. I'm kind of glad you did because um, I, I think it's a little interesting. Um, you know, as you said, I started out, I played at Harding and graduated in 1999. Um, I got hurt my junior year, and they told me that I would, if I got hurt again, I'd have you know issues for the rest of my life physically with my leg. Um, so after my senior year, you know, I pretty much decided that I wanted to go right into coaching because I love the game and, you know, I wanted to kind of help show the way, like you know, the coaches that I had at the time. 
Um, so I started out at Harding kind of as a grad assistant um, on the high school level, if you can call it that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, was, I got into it and, you know, I was hung around. I kept, you know, I had full-time jobs, but I was still able to, to coach and uh, work my way up. Uh, became a, a JV head coach, became offensive line coach, um, became offensive coordinator. Uh, was OC at Harding uh, in the past. I was OC at Waddell, as you mentioned, in the past. And also uh, had a year at Myers Park as the JV uh, head coach over there. Uh, so, you know, kind of being around the block um, and getting a lot of different kind of experiences and working with kids was great. Um, but I also progressed in my full-time career, and it got to a point where, you know, I had to make a decision. Did I want to coach? Or did I want to make more money? <laughs> and, um, you know, I had to make the tough decision that, you know, I wanted to make, you know, more money to support, you know, myself and what I want to do in my personal life. So I um, didn't want to give the game up. Um, so I met a gentleman by the name of uh, Dale Ross who uh, ran CarolinaVarsity.com. And I started working with him. Uh, I was there for about, uh, I believe, four or five years and I uh, did some great things. Um, but, you know, I wanted to kind of spread my wings a little bit and, um, you know, do my own thing. So started Charlotte Football Insiders. And, you know, one of the things that we're driven by is just giving exposure to all programs. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I experienced, you know, as a coach and a player was, you know, at Harding, you know, we, we had some tough years. And there were years where we went the whole year and no one would come out to talk to the kids or talk to the coach or do anything special like that. Um, back in the day, it used to be really exciting when, you know, someone came out as a reporter and, you know, interviewed you and, you know, got you in the newspaper and everything. So um, that's one of the things that we, we are always focused on. We want to give, you know, kids that moment. And it doesn't always have to be the star kids. Um, we, we try to do as many interviews as we can with as many players as we can and for as many schools as possible in the Charlotte metro area because everyone works hard and everyone deserves, you know, that special moment. Um, and, and, you know, I think about it, you know, I, I used to, I still have newspaper clips from 20, 30 years ago when I played, you know, and we were just in the paper. <laughs> it was just a general game article. Um, and one of the things that, you know, we try to do is, you know, that kid that gets that interview can look back 10 years, you know, from now and say, wow, you know, this is how it was when I played and, you know, I can have this, you know, moment forever. And that's what we're all about is, you know, giving, you know, kids those moments and, you know, shining a light on coaches and programs for all the hard work that they do because, you know, I've been through it. And it's tough when, you know, you're working so hard and, you know, you're doing so many things and, you know, no one, you know, really gives you, you know, any shine. And that's what we try to do here. Yeah, and it, it's we've come a long way from the the old days when a newspaper clipping, which which has value because you can sneak that on your refrigerator door, yep. and it'll be there for, as long as the refrigerator is there. You know, it's it's old technology, but it <laughs> but it has permanency, and so now it, you go from the newspaper clipping to the video that you can just pull up on your smartphone and watch that interview and that video for as long as that technology is there or as long as you have uh, battery life so you can pull it up on your phone. <laughs> yes, sir, exactly. So another 
venture that you're involved with that gives kids some shine is the Queen City Senior Bowl, which is going into its second season. Talk to us a little bit about that and how it's already grown from one season to the second. Well, like, like you said, I am a partner in the Queen City Senior Bowl, and I partner with uh, some really great people um, that are behind um, this venture. Um, and, and, you know, the partnership kind of came about, um, you know, just it was really casual. You know, these, these guys, Bobby Collins, who's the head coach at um, – Marlboro County High School in South Carolina, formerly head coach at um, Huff, and you know he coached at West Mac as a DC back in the day. Um, and then Vernon Hunter, who was a former AD at uh, West Mac High School, is now at Indian Land High School as the AD. And then Damon White, who um, is with the Alliance Sportsmanship Foundation. Uh, those three guys came to me and said, "Hey, you know, you seem to know a lot about Charlotte High School football. You want to help us out with this?" And I said, "Hey, sure." <laughs> that was pretty much how that partnership, you know, came about. But you know, the, the mission of the bowl game, and like you said earlier, um, her, we want to give Charlotte kids, or Charlotte Metro area kids now, um, a, a lot of attention. You know, it kind of grew out of you know the fact that the Shrine Bowl, you know, would, would take a few kids out of Charlotte, but a lot of talented kids. Um, we're not getting the chance to, you know, kind of show what they could do on that grand stage. Um, so, you know, that was one of the motivations, you know, for the game. And, um, you know, the first year, you know, we just focused on Mecklenburg County and, you know, we had 80 kids and you know, I think it did really well. You know, we had, you know, Channel 9, you know, broadcasted the game and, you know, a lot of kids, you know, got offers. We had 13 kids get scholarship offers the week of the game just from college coaches coming to practice and um, seeing them up close and being able to see, feel, and touch those guys. Um, so after that, you know, everyone kind of got together and was like, well, should we expand or, you know, should we keep the same? And, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of did a, a bit of a, a public um I guess what what's the word? Um, not necessarily a study, but we kind of just put it out there, and you know the vast majority of surrounding counties were on board and wanting to you know be a part of an expanded field. So you know that's what we did in year two, and you know to your point, we just announced the rosters, and you know <laughs> I tell you, man, there's a lot of great kids, um, even with the expansion. And, you know, having 80 spots that, um, you know, we just didn't have room for. And, you know, one of the things that I said on social media was it it hurts me. Because we had over 250 kids apply for this game. So we had to tell over 170 kids, you know, we don't have a spot for you. And it's not that they're not talented enough. There are some fairly talented kids with college offers that apply to be in this game. It's just really, really tough um, to get you know, so many counties represented, you know, the way that, you know, they deserve to be represented because great football is not only in Mecklenburg County. You look at Cleveland County with, you know, Shelby and Crest and Burns and Kings Mountain, all the, um, you know, tradition and championships that were won out there. Uh, Union County, you look at Weddington, for example, um, the success that they've had. And Cabarrus County, they play, you know, really strong football across the board. Um, So, those kids, you know, we wanted to get into the game and everyone, you know, was on board with that. And once you do that, you know, we already talked about Mecklenburg County and the talent that's there. 
it just it, it thins the amount of you know kids you can get in and you know I'll tell you I'll be straight up with you we've we've had people message us <laughs> you know expressing their disappointment and um you know one of the things that I that I've been trying to tell kids and um, you know parents that have messaged us is hey you know there's a lot of different ways that you know success can be measured you know this is only one of them and you know this cannot you know this is not the end all be all you know this is just a start i mean you can you're gonna you know go on and do great things you know it's one of the things i've been saying to the kids and to the parents you know you know life is tough man and you don't always you know get what you expect you don't always get what you want um but the kids that got into this game um you know out there on the table for them you know, it wasn't just our my decision. Uh, every decision was made with a committee and the coaches that were um, that are coaching in the game. You know, everyone had a, a say so. You know, in the process. So, um, you know that that's what I'll say about the, this year's game. Now we'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> right, right. And, and when you get right down to it, you know, when you talk about an All Star game or a showcase, in order for it to have weight for it to have heft, you have to have a cutoff point or else it's just a participation thing that everybody gets to do and exactly. and where's the value in that? Exactly. I, and I'll tell you, Herb, what we could we could have, and I'm, I'm being dead serious here, we could have took another 40 kids and had probably just as talented a third team as the two teams that we, we selected. That's how much talent you know, applied to be in a part of this game. Yeah, and you would still get mean messages <laughs> from oh, kids who well, didn't get in. Well, you've been in this a long time. You know how that's going to come with the territory. And we, I mean, we didn't get as many last year, but I mean, there were still a couple. <laughs> yeah, you you get enough. <laughs> I know how that goes. I, Absolutely. You know, athletic parents and arts parents. The toughest folks to work with when it comes to their children. Let me be the first one to tell you that. But you already know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and just to let folks know, we are talking about uh, the, the doubleheader is May 14th in Matthews, right? At the Sportsplex? Uh, it's going to be at Olympic High School this year. Oh, and, um, okay. Yep. Yep. It'll be Olympic High School, uh, 7.30 p.m., May 14th. You can get your tickets at queencitysenorbowl.com. Uh, they're $10. Uh, also on that website, we're accepting donations for the Metro School, which is, of course, our partner. Um, and that's one of the great things about this game, too. Um, if you saw the footage last year, um, coaches and kids went down to the Metro School and paid them a visit. And, and, you know, that was really special. That was probably my favorite part of everything last year was, you know, ha- having those kids, see those players come in their jerseys and, you know, take time out of their day to show, you know, that they truly care about the cause, you know, that this game is about. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you who don't know exactly what the Metro School is, it's a school for students with developmental challenges and issues. Yeah, exactly. And it's part of uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools. So it's a great cause. And that was a good shameless plug there to get folks to go to go to the website and buy some tickets. You know exactly how to play this game. <laughs> so thumbs up to you. And so we're going to leave it right there. And, Matt, I do appreciate you joining us over here at Sports Charlotte. Uh, first time, you've done great, and you're doing great work. 
with high school football, which I think doesn't necessarily get as much shine as it does, you know, as it used to around here. Uh, but you know, somebody's got to be able to put in the work to make it happen, and you're doing that. So I, I tip the cap to you. Well, thank you, Herb. And, um, you know, all we're trying to do is, you know, like I said earlier, you know, shine a light on, you know, the deserving kids, coaches, and programs here in the Charlotte Metro area. And it's a it's a labor of love. You know, we love it. And you know, I want to thank all the players and coaches for working with us. Without them, you know, there would be no Charlotte football insiders for sure. Yeah, yeah. well said. And for all of you out there who found us, you know where to get up with us over at Queen City Podcast Network. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course our website, thecharlottepost.com. And journalism is fun, journalism informs, but journalism ain't free. So go to our website and donate to the Charlotte Post, or better yet, subscribe and sign up for our sports newsletter that comes out. Every Wednesday, and we do high schools, we do colleges, and of course, we do the professionals. So, for everybody back at the shop, and for Matt Wall over at Charlotte Football Insiders, I'm Herb White. Thanks for listening. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. OrthoCarolina, you improved.